I'm Mark Walsh, and coming up on today's show... So if he gets a second term, I, in my reporting, would expect... would Because he is now viewed as one of those pillars in rights. He comes in because of what happened in Charlottesville. Welcome to What's Working in Washington on Federal News Network and streaming as a podcast. It's What's Working in Washington. I'm your host, Mark Walsh. Today, we chat with April Ryan. She is the author of a new book called Black Women Will Save the World. And if you've ever seen April, you'll know that she's the one who should be writing this book. She's the longest-serving African-American woman in the business. She's covered five presidents and all sorts of issues, and she does it with style and depth and meaning like no other. She's a fascinating guest, and you'll enjoy hearing about the history of her political coverage and specifically why she decided to sit down and write this book. Here's our conversation. April Ryan. Hey, Mark. An old friend. <laughs> April is now the White, or is the White House correspondent for The Griot, she has been at uh, many years at American Urban Radio Networks, but she is the longest-serving African-American journalist covering all things that matter. female. Longest-serving female journalist. Thank you <laughs> for that clarification. African-American clarif- female. Thank you for that clarification. <laughs> and coming out in a few days, she's going to have a book out called Black Women Will Save the World, an anthem by April Ryan, published by Amistad, a division of HarperCollins. April, yes. welcome to the show. Mark, thank you for having me. Yes. So you have... I guess covered five presidential administrations. A whole handful of presidents. A whole handful of presidents. Not, not, not a couple fingers, a whole handful. A whole handful, and some <laughs> of them have been a handful. I'm sure you, uh, you are uh, legendary in many of us mm. watching television for one of your early interactions with then newly minted President Donald Trump, Yeah, where he <laughs> seemed to be asking you to connect him with the African-American community. What are some of the other highlights or lowlights that you might want to touch on on that administration and then we can talk about kind of where we are with with uh, President Biden and Vice President Harris. So let's talk about that. I put that in the book, Black Women Will Save the World, an anthem. Black women were targeted yeah. um, during that administration, unfortunately. And I talk about it in the book and talk about how, what you you know, the connection with the CBC right. um, to stop shaking your head, to I'm a loser and all this, you know, I'm nasty, to all of that, you know, from Sean Spicer to... Sarah Huckabee Sanders to Omarosa to the president and to those who would send death threats and bomb threats. I talk about how I stood while I stood. My hair was like, I got to go. Yeah. The shock and awe of it all lost, you know, hair. I'm still going through counseling from it. And I talk about in this book, when you stand and when you are strong, sometimes there are repercussions. There are things that happen behind it. And I'm very frank in the book about it. But at the same tone, um, those were moments in that book where black women stood. Yep. Um, you know, from Maxine Waters to many black women in the press, yep. um, women of color in the press, and we were targeted. So, and, and you know, I talk about that in the book. I talk about myself, but mostly I take you on a journey of how black women are standing now, what we did before, and what we plan to do. And it's so interesting, Mark, in the book, I qualify why black women stand, particularly when it comes to civic space. Yep. Studies have found, um, I talked to Cornell Belcher of Brilliant Corners, and he qualifies and quantifies this in the book. When women, particularly black women, 
get into politics or in the PTA or somewhere to do a greater good. It's about doing the greater good mm-hmm. versus our male counterparts who sometimes it's about ego and power. I'm shocked to hear you say that. <laughs> and it's not it's not throwing men under the bus, but there oh, is Oh, go a ahead. What you, the heck? No, 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 no. I would never throw men under the bus. I would never throw anyone under the bus. But no, it, it talks about that as well. And then just the reasons why, because there's still so much hurt. There's still so much that needs to be fixed and changed. And that is part of... What I understood in civics to be democracy, mm-hmm. you raise your hand, you protest, you you ask questions to figure out if this is right and if it's not, what can be done to shape it and mold it into the correct way forward. It's about being a citizen. And I, I sometimes a citizen. And I, I, I worry so our guest is April Ryan, author of a book about to hit your bookshelves called Black Woman Will Save the World an Anthem. April Ryan. So I'm reminded, uh, I saw a stat the other day that some huge percentage of Americans would fail the citizenship test test that immigrants who are asked, who are trying to become a citizen take. And you wonder what happened? What, like what, where, in, in your opinion, what made a whole new generation of American citizens not understand a lot of what being a citizen in a democracy represents? Is that too big a question? No, it's not. Why would it be too big of a question? It's so simple. And the answer is simple. People don't understand because they're not taught civics, U.S. government, and U.S. history anymore. Agreed. We've got this crazy notion or these crazy notions that result in things like January 6th. Mm -hmm. Misunderstandings of how politics works, how the body politics has operated from day one from our founding fathers. Mm -hmm. And I believe, and, and, and also why the press is there, why we ask questions. We get uh, uh, notes, emails, text messages, calls. Why would you ask that question? Because I'm part of the free and independent press. Exactly. Another piece of the puzzle that our founding fathers put in for accountability. Now, the question is, is it the fact that you don't understand or you just don't like the process? Mm-hmm. Two totally different things. But we have to understand, I didn't write the rules. We have to understand, I didn't write the rules. Yep. The rules were written by our founding fathers. And um, if they need to be changed, maybe you should raise your hand. Mm-hmm. Read a little bit of civics. Read about how a law is made. Or go to Schoolhouse Rock. Exactly. Watch. Yeah. Yes, I'm it a It still bill. works. Yeah. Only a bill. There you go. Sitting here on Capitol Hill. I'm, I mean, I'm it's, it, it, <laughs> but, but some of those simple tools really, really worked. And maybe we over-indexed on STEM education because that's where the job was and stuff. I don't think we over-indexed, but why can't we complement with? Okay. We have that. But, yes, we do need – we're we're more um, animated. Uh, We're using technology more. But we still are people in a society Mm -hmm. that calls for clean water, calls for education, you know, going to the local PTA, going to the school board, going to the city council. And you have to understand how these processes work. And sometimes right. we don't. STEM can be STEM, but why not understanding about U.S. government, U.S. history, as well as civics? Mm-hmm. And it's so interesting. I was in a cab the other day. I was trying to get to some buildings on Capitol Hill. Okay. I knew where I was going. I know that the Senate's on one side and the House is on the other side. Right. And I said, oh, I'm trying to get over here. And the gentleman in the cab, he thought I didn't know. He just kind of chuckled. I'm like, I wanted to say, sir, I know. But I I said, I got turned around. But it's so interesting. I love the fact that he knew. And he 
wanted to admonish me, but I knew. Yeah. And I'm just like, because I got turned around because we went a back way because of traffic. And I was like, yep. trying to get my bearings. But it made me feel good that he understood which side. And maybe it was just because, you know, he's driven there or whatever. But people need to know the House is one uh, part of the executive branch and the Senate is another. The judiciary is a total another branch. There are three branches of government. Some people don't get that. Yeah. Well, and then there's executive, and then, right? It's yeah, and that's day. where I've been for I, 25 years. Well, there. let's go there, April Ryan, mm-hmm. our guest today on What's Working in Washington, author of a book, Black Women Will Save the World, an anthem, makes a great gift coming out in a few days. So five presidents. Uh, let's go right there to with Trump. When he said fake news, I think that's one of the most tragic and damaging two words I can remember a president uttering in my lifetime, maybe maybe for 100 years how did you and your colleagues handle being labeled as fake? It must have been brutal. Yeah, it was brutal. Um, but I'm writing a book about it. There you go. <laughs> no, when I mean, you know, you have to, and, and this is in all seriousness, you can't let someone else write your narrative. There you go. And that's why I've written four books, because I don't want someone to say, this is who she is. No, I'm telling you who I am. And mm-hmm. I've got receipts, as the young people say. There you go. To back it up. Yeah. You know, and, you know, for instance, you know, I've got Stacey Abrams in the book. People want to vilify her. And the reason why they vilify her is, is because she won. Mm-hmm. She did not win the governorship for Georgia the last time around. And she may not win this time around. But she won in turning around a very red state. That's right. And people don't like that. Yeah. You know, Democrats won. Um, that's why there's such a, a juxtaposition when it comes to uh, who's in the White House right now. Mm-hmm. You know, um, when you win, there is we can't have this. Something is wrong. And for whatever reason, they do what they have to do. But for me, when I'm targeted by um, a former president or a president, I have to let you know. I have to set the record straight. They have a major microphone mm-hmm. and a megaphone. I have my my microphone. I have my pen and my books. Mm-hmm. And people listen. People people know that I'm coming to them with truth. Right. Yeah. Well, you come out of Morgan State. What? Who were your heroes? What made you choose this path? <clears throat> who are my heroes? Who are my heroes? Well, um, growing up, Oprah Winfrey was in Baltimore for a long time before she became... This international. She was a sensation. weather girl in air quotes in Baltimore. I, I, I grew she, up in Baltimore. She wasn't a weather girl. She was also a talk show host. That's exactly right. But she was. She was. Um, I don't remember doing weather, but I remember she was on the anchor chair. She was an anchor chair, and she did some stories. And yeah. she was on People Are Talking with Richard Chair. Exactly. For Richard anyone Scher. who remembers way back in the way day. back, I was in high school when she left Baltimore. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So, um, so I guess she would be somebody. Well, I'm, not, hero. I'm not trying to emulate her. She's got her path, yeah. but I've got mine, too. Who would think that a, a woman from Baltimore, Maryland, uh, a place, a city that still has a lot of issues, and some would say has the word failure built into the very existence of its residents, mm-hmm. who would think that a young woman from Baltimore would be in the space, in the seat that I've been in to watch history and yep. report on it and have presidents call me by name right. for 25 years. There you go. Well, were there, I mean, in the journalism arena, um, are there, I'm sure I spent a little bit of time in it, but were there folks who you were like, I want to have, I want to have a presence like them or I want to be no. a version. You're, no. oh, you're always your own. I, I've, I, I've never wanted, 
I was always taught BU. Got it. I said, oh, wow, they've got that. That's great. But I always knew my path was not my my path was not a traditional path. You've got people in that room from Princeton, Harvard, Yale. I'm from a HBCU, Morgan State University in Baltimore, Maryland. Mm-hmm. My path is different. I, you know, I came from personality radio. I, you know, a lot of them came, they went through TV stations all around the country and then worked at the networks. I did a lot of local news and then I they uh, the the boutique radio network that that hired me right. saw that I was doing news that was breaking all the time. So they said, "Come on over," mm-hmm. and it's just I didn't want to be there for the first year. I didn't like it. And then my mother said, "Never quit." She said, "If you do quit, you quit two years in because if you quit, um, people would think you got fired." I've been there two years plus twenty three. So, there you go. Yeah. Add it up to a big number. Yeah. It's April Ryan, author of Black Women Will Save the World, an anthem. April is joining us here on What's Working in Washington. When we come back, I want to hear some of the stories about the behind-the-scenes wrangling and arguing and challenge that the Biden administration and their choice of vice president came through before they became the candidate and ultimately won the presidency. We'll be back with that conversation after this. What's Working in Washington, we talk to power players about innovation in the federal government and how business in the region is keeping us competitive. If you are a D.C. insider and want to know what leaders in other industries are talking about, we give you that insight. So thanks for listening. If you know someone we should be talking to on our show, let us know. We want perspectives you won't hear anywhere else. You can reach out through our website or through Twitter. Many of our guests have come to us from others who say, Hey, if your show's about people who are really getting things done in the region, you should really be talking to dot, dot, dot. And we love bringing those new voices to our audience. We look forward to hearing from you. back with What's Working in Washington. I'm your host, Mark Walsh. We're so excited to have in the studio with us today, April Ryan. April is the author of a book about to come out. It's called Black Women Will Save the World, an anthem put out by Amistad Press, a division of HarperCollins. April, once again, great to have you with us. Thanks. So much has happened in the five presidencies that you've covered. So much has happened in the media business since, you know, radio versus not radio and, and podcasts and streaming and everything. Oh, yeah. I, I just, it's, it's amazing sometimes to think back to what a radio station meant in Baltimore, WCAO, WCBM, oh, WBAL, back gosh. in the day, right? Yes, well, That's WBAL is still around. Most still around, definitely. but I mean, the whole experience in a uh-huh. car driving, what that means. But um, media as a tool and as a powerful platform to shape the narrative of a presidency is still there. Yeah. And I, I guess I, I don't want to dive into Trump or Obama or uh, his, his predecessors too much deeply, 
But I do think it's interesting to see how the how the Biden presidency took shape. And one of the things you cover mm. in the book is some of the challenges about choosing a vice president. And obviously, and Kamala Harris ran as a candidate. Mm-hmm. Right. So those some of those tensions must have spilled over into conversations. What are some things that you saw? So, first of all, I have two women, at least the very least, um, who were in that circle, uh, the vice presidential pick circle for Joe Biden. Keisha Lance Bottoms, yep. as well as Stacey Abrams. Yep. But he ultimately picked Kamala Harris. Now, let's go back to that debate, um, the Democratic debate, where Kamala Harris challenged then Democratic presidential hopeful Joe Biden on matters of busing. It did not sit well with <laughs> the presidential hopeful at that time because he felt that they were friends. Mm-hmm. But the next day, Keisha Lance Bottoms, a black woman who's saving the world, came in and saved his chances by supporting him right after that. Wow. After Kamala Harris, remember that? Yes. Attacked him on busing. Now, there was a lot of hurt behind that. The then presidential candidate Joe Biden was very hurt by mm-hmm. it. And later in the summer, I got a chance through the NAACP to be the uh, moderator and the questioner of the presidential candidates, the Democratic and William Weld, yep. um, at that convention. And Donald Trump was still sitting president at the time. And that's a whole nother story in the book I need to tell you about, too, But um, because he was asked to come. But yep. that's, that's another story we should talk about right after this one. But so... I was moderating and I was backstage. The tensions were so high. Kamala Harris didn't get out of her truck. Wow. I was sitting in the back and all the other candidates were there. There was still tension. And I'll never forget, if you look on, if you find the video and it is still there, Joe Biden is telling me, you know my heart. You know my heart. You can hear him say it through my mic, you know, on the stage. Wow. Behind the stage, behind the scenes when we started talking he was like, you know my heart, you know my heart. It bothered him for those months. Sure. So much so that he had to talk about it. And he talked about how they had been friends and how she and Bo were very good friends mm-hmm. and how they had supported her. He was hurt. Yeah. And I said, oh, my goodness. I said, understanding this, I said, there is a problem. I said, there is no way that they can heal. And then let alone she be on the ticket, think that she was on the ticket. And I'm, I'm like, Wow. So I said, you know, later on, things healed. You know they healed because now they are settled. But in that moment, there was a harsh time for them because he was very hurt. And you don't hear these things, but he was very hurt about that. But what I will tell you is in that healing and in that healing where Joe Biden picked Kamala Harris to be his running mate, a successful Democratic ticket to become president and vice president of the United States, she, in that challenge, actually pushed him forward in his efforts of equity and inclusion. Absolutely. Right. So it's healed and he's doing more. And it's interesting. I told her recently at an event, I said, you know, Madam Vice President, I wrote a book and you're in it. She's like, oh, Oh, I don't know my, if that's, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. know if it's better or for worse. But I said, you know, I said in the book, I talked about how you pushed the agenda forward by mm-hmm. your challenge. And she just nodded. You know, that's that's the thing. You don't you don't give word voice right. to it. 
but you just acknowledge yeah. by a nod. Well, she's so, going to order this book and read it, I bet. Um, I bet you they, <laughs> they'll get it at some point. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so the healing But isn't process, that interesting? That's fascinating because there are stories, as we've all known, you at a front row seat, of um, what they used to call strange bedfellows, and you're making air mm-hmm. quotes now, of, of but presidential- But they were friends. Right. And they then were. the challenge of her of yeah. her publicly- And it hurt him. Yeah. It hurt him to the core. Uh, he's an emotional guy. We, we've all known that. Very emotional. When he was serving as vice president under President Obama, you could see his emotion burbling up. The great line, you know, that's a big effing deal about when Obamacare hit. But, I, but I'm wondering, other than going... That's an iconic the, line that I use iconic. quite a bit. <laughs> but she went to the wrong HBCU, so Howard. She should have gone to Morgan State. Then it would have been way, way, way better. <laughs> but, but I Howard wonder, is great. Number, uh, 89, number 89 school by U.S. News and World Report. There you go. Yeah. But, I, but I wonder if, if you... Do you see that kind of healing still going on, not between them, but between the American people in this administration. And here's why I ask. Mm. They are the most d- diverse uh, um, cabinet and diverse administration, many would say, probably ever, if you look at the cabinet room, ever. So, so their hearts are in the right place. But uh, do you see that continuing into the second term or beyond? So, so well, he told Reverend Al Sharpton that he wants to run again for president. So I saw. So if you, you can't stop what you've started. Yeah. Come on, Mark, you know that he's got to go further. And you know, second term, you have nothing to lose. So if he gets a second term, I, in my reporting, would expect yeah. he would, because he is now viewed as one of those pillars in rights. Mm-hmm. Okay. He comes in because of what happened in Charlottesville. Mm-hmm. And he's put, on the U.S. Supreme Court, Katanji Brown-Jackson. It's not optics. Right. It's reality. Even though it's a 6-3 split, well, it's not even an even split. Yep. Nine-member court. But her dissents, her opinions will make a difference for future cases and laws, et cetera. Well, she pushed out back the other day on voting rights, being, yes. being gender, I mean, being ra- racially or oriented. And I thought it did a fantastic job of pushing back of the right. argument. Right, exactly. As a rookie. Right. I love it. Well, no, she's not a rookie now. I know, I know. She's got she... the, and see, that's the thing. She's new to that bench, but she has the same pedigree as all of them. Right. The Ivy League status on an appellate court. She has the pedigree. Right. She just happens to be the first black woman to be there. Yeah. Okay, let's go. Susan Rice, black woman who used to be in NSC. Um, and, and, and ambassador at the UN. Yep. She's domestic policy advisor. Sh- Shalonda Young, OMB director, another black woman. Um, you've got Marsha Fudge, HUD, secretary of HUD. You've got a lot. And then, uh, who else? Um, well, the, oh, I, could, uh, wait a minute. Hold on. Hold on. The vice president of the United States. There you go. You've got Corinne Jean-Pierre, who is his official spokesperson. Right. So Fabulous job. Yeah, well, She's new and she's she's growing and she yeah. is there. He is doing this. It's not window dressing. Yeah. These people are more than qualified. And it's something that Viola Davis said, the great Viola Davis in Woman King. I saw that last night. Ooh, Did it was you? amazing. Yes, Strong. it was everything. I'm like, she's I'm, one of my favorites. I need to use yeah. some of those, you know, yeah. uh, tricks. <laughs> not yeah. tricks, but martial arts techniques. She, she kills it. She yeah. said it's about opportunity. And I got a chance to see her. This summer in Martha's Vineyard, and I said, she said, I said, I said, your words carry with me. She said, yes, opportunity. Yeah. And that's this again, Mark. This is my love letter to America because we gloss over. Oh, they're here. This is a moment in time. Yeah. 
Black women are the head of household, rising in number in that category. Black women are also the breadwinner, rising in, cate- rising in number in that category. And we don't, we are not seen a lot of times in these lofty perches. I am marking the moment. Because in 1972, Shirley Chisholm, the first black woman to run for president of the United States, she said being black and a woman was a double whammy. And she also said, if you don't have a seat at the table, bring a folding chair. These women Great are line. not. It's not a line. It's the truth. Yep. These women have gone beyond the folding chair. They have built the table and convening the room. How about that? Okay, so that is a tremendous rallying cry. And, like- <laughs> and an endorsement. And an endorsement, not only for your book, but an endorsement for progress continuing and not rolling back. Unfortunately, there are rollbacks. We see so many different things. I know. But but that's why it's important to mark the moment. Yep. So the rollback would be harder to happen. Yeah. That's why you mark the moment. And I believe I'm more qualified than any. Darn darn right. It's April Ryan. We go go to our last question. We ask, ask all our guests. April Ryan, once again, the author of Black Women Will Save the World, an anthem available from Amistad Press, a division of HarperCollins. Makes a great gift. Go online and pre-order to make sure you get your copy. But we ask every one of our guests here on What's Working in Washington April, if they rule the world, what's one thing they might start or do or one thing they might stop and prevent? Or both. It's up to you. Okay. I like both. Okay. Okay. I want COVID to be over. If we could find okay. oh, it's got, COVID, that's gone. Got it. COVID gone. That's got it. because COVID has impeded and hurt everything in this Agreed. world globally. Agreed. Now, the next thing, I need people to understand civics. It's not hard. It's not lofty. I need people to understand it's beyond thus thou art, wherefore there as. It's not as cerebral as you would think because we need to be involved for a better day. And we're, we're, we're going backwards. Stats are showing people are disgruntled about the economy and so many different things. Don't complain about it. Be about it. Wow. You have really rung a bell with me. I'm spending a lot of time thinking about this with some entities I'm involved with as an investor. So COVID an in investor, our rear, okay. Yeah, there you go. COVID <laughs> in our rear view. <laughs> COVID in the rear view and civics back in the education system yes. and in the role of citizens. If we had civics, we wouldn't have, we would not have had January 6th. And Agreed. We and we wouldn't have such an attack on reporters in the press and and people would understand how it all works mm-hmm. so that we could work together and make it better it's a big machine we got to know how it works april right. ryan april ryan <laughs> once again it's black women will save the world an anthem by april ryan a book you should pre-order right now right now amistad press part of harper collins thank you so much for being on the show with us thank today you, mark i appreciate you i love your digs thank you i'll be back <laughs> Behind What's Working in Washington is a great group. The executive producer and editor is Tracy Madigan. Online content, Anna DeGraff. And that theme music you enjoy, performed by the Sunbathers. You've been listening to What's Working in Washington on Federal News Network and streaming as a podcast.